Okay, so this is the uh, first ever episode of the Finnish leadership team, the FLT. The setup is pretty simple. We're going to sit down with leaders and experts from across Finland to get to know Finnish leadership at a deeper level. We have here today Alexei Kveshnikov from Aalto University and Annelie Karlsted. Alexei's particular experience is related to academia, to the thesis of leadership and of organizational design and development and management. Annelie's background is bias, diversity, equity and inclusion, psychological safety, corporate communications, corporate life and much, much more. We're going to sit down with leaders and experts and ask them questions about their philosophy on leadership, their experiences in Finland and what they truly believe is unique about Finnish leadership. What are you hoping to get out of the the series we're about to embark on? Annalie. Insights about those things that leaders do not necessarily talk about. Yeah, or perhaps even revelations during the discussion about things they do, but they haven't recognized that they do. Perfect. The things they don't know that they know. Yes. Alexei? It's cold. <laughs> yes. Um, it's gray. Yeah. Yes. There's no sun. Yes. Yeah. To keep yourself warm, you need to wear wool socks and go to sauna. Yes. But I think there are a lot of great things in Finland. And actually, in my professional life also, I met great Finnish leaders. It's true that not all of them are very kind of outspoken about their greatness. And I hope that through this series of podcasts, we'll be able to elucidate this greatness and where does it come from and what's its essence. Mm. That's my hope. And I'm Mark. I've been in pretty much every role there is in HR for about 20 years. I've been supporting leaders and teams and organizations on a journey of self-development for the majority of that time. And I hope we get to show the world what is truly good about Finnish leadership because I believe that there are some of the best leaders in the world here in Finland um, and I think that nobody knows about that so that's why I'm here okay so today we're joined by Asko Kansela Asko welcome thank you Mark uh, we'll give you now a little bit of an introduction uh, Anneli would you mind doing the honors absolutely so Asko I have looked you up and <laughs> Uh, this is what I found. You were born and grew up in Ostrobothnia in Western Finland. You worked with Finnish Technology Development Center Tekes in Japan. Uh, you worked at Ericsson and as Executive Vice President of Corporate and Consumer Customers and Deputy CEO at ELISA. ELISA is a telecom and digital service provider which is headquartered in Finland. You joined ELISA in 2003, where your first job was to lead a significant transformation process leading to 685 people being laid off. You said in Helsinki Sanomat interview that, and I quote, it was a painful process, ill understood internally and externally. People did not understand that in the future we simply have to do with less people. When WhatsApp and similar applications were born and less text messages were sent, you and Elisa, as the first consumer service provider in the world, changed the way mobile data was charged, moving away from monthly fixed fees to data speed-based charging. This has led Finland becoming 
the most data-intensive countries in Europe and renowned for its cutting-edge mobile societal services. You were advised by expensive consultants not to mess with the charging model, but I'm told that you encountered them with comments such as, the fastest and strongest do not always survive, but those who adapt fast do. And there's always a winner out there. Why can't that be us? Now, <laughs> now you are a grandfather with 10 grandchildren. And when I recently met with Elisa women at a dinner and told them that I have had the chance to work with you, they all went, Asko, oi. Is this a good characterization of you? And why did the women go like that? Oh, first of all, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. <laughs> and it's a great honor to be the first one in your podcast series. Thanks for that. It's an honor. And answering your questions, Anneli. The, okay, it sounds a little bit like I have been involved in those things with my team. And um, about the ladies, I think, I hope it's because of my leadership philosophy. <laughs> but, but I'm afraid you have to ask them why they said so. <laughs> That's why we're here. So the, the point of the, the FLT, our small gathering here, is to try and focus in on Finnish leadership and leadership philosophy of prominent Finns. Um, could you, in one sentence or, or less, uh, give us a kind of brief summation of your philosophy on leadership, Ask. Yes, the ultimate goal of my leadership philosophy is to help people around me to become better selves. That's one sentence, Mark. Yeah, that, that, that is one sentence. <laughs> to help those around you become better, become yes. their better selves. Yes. Wow. How did you come to this? philosophy? Uh, it took, uh, I, I don't know how long, tens of years to mm. develop it. Because I think leadership is, is, is a lifelong learning process. And, and also I believe it's, 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 uh, it's, you, you don't, it's not the role that you get or you deserve. It's a role where you grow into it. It's like a craftsman's process of, of growing into a master. It's, I mean, first you learn, of course, these phases are not clear cut, but first you learn how to lead yourself. And then you start learning how to communicate, how to take the others along. And finally, you start to search for clean line of leadership, which is again a kind of fancy term. But uh, I think you need also fancy terms. And I believe that leadership also is an art form that can be mastered. And, and it's also like you have to practice and you have to kind of uh, reflect and then do it again and again to improve your leadership. And if we look at leaders in the beginning, you can see and the leadership manifests in the leaders himself. But when time goes, the leadership manifests in how you interact and deal with other people. And as you get even further, better in your leadership skills, it's not anymore a question of yourself. You are not, not the center person. The ones that you have led are the ones where you can see that, that they are leading well, they have great leadership skills. And then it's not about you, it's about the people around you. And that's why I believe that helping the people around you inspire them to, to really 
unlock their fullest potential is the ultimate goal of leadership. If you're unlocking the potential in others, what's left for the leader in the center, right? So let's say as a leader, you grow, you expand, you try to influence others, you try to watch their behavior evolve. What's the role? What what do you actually practically uh, focus very, on? That's a very good question, Mark. And and, and I, I, I was thinking always that that actually I would like to vanish from, from the leadership position. <laughs> and even I said to uh, Maria Rantaho, the HR director at Elisa, when we are talking about my retirement, that uh, when, now when I will retire, I'm sure that nobody will remember me anymore at Elisa. I have kind of reduced my role <laughs> to, to the zero. So, so, so that was, of course, I knew that it's, it, it might not be true like that, but, but I think it's, it's a very good way of thinking. Then, then you don't feel that you are the one they need anymore. But of course, you leave some legacy and you leave the legacy to the people that have been around you. And that's your handy mark. Mm. That's your real handy mark. And that's the ultimate goal of, of the leadership to let the other people shine. And based on the women's reaction, you clearly have left a legacy. So, and they, they were various ages. So young uh, Elisa women, as well as, uh, you know, more senior ones. And it seems that there is a legacy, even though you are not there, you have left a legacy of leadership. And leadership, by the way, was the reason why they went like that. Thank you. Can I, can I actually ask at this stage, so why, why is it, why is it, Leadership philosophy seemed to work better with with ladies and females than with males. <laughs> I, I think uh, Anneli has been only talking to ladies and females. <laughs> I would like you to talk to, to the gentlemen as well and to see what they say. Do you think it applies equally to both genders? I hope so. As I was preparing for this, I went through some reviews that you could find on the internet, and most of them are actually written by, by females. Really good reviews written by females. So apparently your legacy works. Uh, okay, if you, if you want, want to uh, dig that dimension, then uh, maybe maybe uh, my leadership style is, is uh, not a typical Finnish leadership style. Uh, it's, uh, I'm kind of uh, sensitive and I'm, I'm soft, but it doesn't mean that I'm not strong and ambitious. I think it's, it's extremely important in, in, in leadership that you understand the dimensions to be kind, and to be strong, or to be empathetic, and to be decisive, and to be optimistic, but really, really, really focused. So that you understand that you can mix and match this with the situation, because it's always dependent on the situation, always dependent on the person, that you get onto the same level of that person. Mm. And, and of course, you have to be careful in, 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 in when you are leading people and trying to develop them, that. That you are not, uh, that you are really trying to reach uh, the human scale in your leadership. So it's not PowerPoint. Uh, can I say bullshit? <laughs> you uh, can. You can okay. say bullshit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because I, I, I hate these uh, difficult words, and you have to take your leadership. I mean, I love this kind of philosophies. I love uh, these uh, frameworks. frameworks, and I use them by myself very much. But in addition to that. You need to know how to do it in practice. You need to have an understanding that it's it's implementable. Mm-hmm. I mean, hands, can you handle it? And, and, and of course you have to have your heart. 
I mean, you have to love the people that you are leading. You have to like them. You have to want to help them. And, and, and you, you enjoy when you are kind of seeing them to really shine. And um, like I was saying that uh, leadership is like an art. And where does the art, or what is the, the, the art? I mean, it sounds very non-leadership word, mm -hmm. but well, let's take an example. If you if you read the, the Aki Kaurismäki's interview, it was in September about his latest film, mm. uh, uh, Dead Leaves, or uh, was the name of the film, and he said that his wife said that the all purpose of art is reduction, mm. and, and and that sentence is really, I mean, take that art word away and put the leadership instead. This is how I try to figure out things that I just associate. And then if you take that, the purpose of leadership is reduction. And I was, I thought, wow, now Aki put it in, in nice words. And, and he even continued in that interview. He said that, but make sure it doesn't become a short film. And I think, sure, short film? Well, that's consultants. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is the way you, you kind of associate things and, and kind of play with birds, play with things, and then you come up with the ideas, and, and then you start thinking that how, how do I apply this in real world? And this is how uh, I have been playing with birds, but, but the other people I've been interested in arts, in, in, in writers, how they, why people are good writers, why they... And what is a good writing, and what is a good poem, and and so on, and, and trying to understand this is this is this is the way. That's why I think leadership also is an art, and and, and it can be developed as, as any complex skill. Hmm. I want to get back to the short films and the short filmmakers <laughs> later because that's actually an interesting point. But you mentioned that you can recognize that your own personal style of leadership is probably not the traditional Finnish style of leadership. Have you got a good articulation for what you think the sort of traditional Finnish approach for leadership is? Are you able to describe it? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I, but uh, because I, I didn't, I never, never wanted to become a leader. I never wanted to be a leader, and I hate if somebody treats me as a leader, because people try to put you in in, in the corner room. Stay there, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you are not part of the the common person's uh, mm. life mm. and um, the old style of leadership is giving orders and the people are typically on the pedestal and they lose their humanity I somehow I feel they don't reach people people try to avoid them they put them in, in the corner rooms and and people are not uh, kind of with them and, 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 and leading with them learning with them deciding with them no they are the decision makers, bold, big and bold. And, and if you start playing that kind of role, you will lose. I was afraid. I will lose my personality. I will lose the sensitivity to people. I will lose a lot. So I didn't want that. I, I, I really was careful not to fall in that trap. Of course, I, it changed my personality because all jobs uh, color yourself, whatever the job. That's for sure. But how much, I mean, that's, there you can do some. And I know a lot of, I mean, I've spoken in my career with, with a lot of leaders who talk about 
you you know, as you you enter kind of a junior leadership position, you become responsible and authoritative, and you try to put your imprint on the role and on yourself. But then after some time, as you become more experienced, lots of leaders turn around and call it like it is like you mentioned it, the trap of leadership, and it's really kind of like it's more like fulfilling the expectations of the role consume your daily activity. In a sense, I think the uh, the idea of reduction in leadership is quite a profound one. And the question is, do you keep yourself in the trap or do you kind of open up and step aside when it's time? Exactly. And uh, at least in my book, I, I tried to kind of show that uh, even the senior leader, I mean, my, my leadership picture is, is, is from Japan. It's, it's the sensei mm-hmm. in Japan, a sensei. Is, he never calls himself sensei. The other one, it's called, but he himself never. And the requirements for a sensei are, are so large. It's not only being good leader, it's good, being good human being that you can't find such people. But that doesn't matter. I mean, that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal that you can try to reach. So it's, it shows the potential of growth in leadership and in, 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 as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, it's, it's really, really important to, to have this potential. And I, I tried to show the potential with, 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 in my book with the term clean line of leadership, which is exactly what Ake Kaurismäki said about. Mm-hmm. I mean, try to reduct what you are doing. I, I can tell you one, one story I, uh, from, from Elisa time, 2015, I think it was. I was at that time already uh, in the consumer business and leading that one. And uh, the, my colleague asked me that, uh, could you ask come and tell about uh, continuous improvement? Because that was one of the, my frameworks. And I was, it was about continuous self-improvement mm. because I was competing in, in shotgun shooting and I, I was trying to t- do everything to develop in that because I started so late. But okay, he asked me to, why don't you come and, and, and with my team and, and tell about this continuous learning. And uh, I, I thought that, okay, yeah, sure. But then I decided, no, no slides. I go there one hour and I went in the middle of the 100 people and, and started to sp- speak about development. But then I thought that now this is an excellent opportunity to make a test. And the test I wanted to make was that uh, I asked the people around me that, uh, do you have a hobby? Yes, I do. And, okay, can you tell me what's, what's your hobby? And what's yours? And yours golf, this. Oh, and then the other question. How do you develop your hobby? Where do you get the information? How do you, how do, you do it? Tell about how about you? Huh? you, and, you? and they were so enthusiastic, telling you. I, 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 I grabbed I grab and I know this guy, I called him and I, so, mm-hmm. so they were so active, so enthusiastic. I saw the eyes blinking <laughs> and, and then at that, that moment I knew that this learning and developing people, if you let them develop and mm-hmm. learn, it's that's really a good thing. And immediately I went to Mary Ranta and said, now I know Mary, now I know. Because the feedback I got from that one hour, I mean, they were always hugging me and, and really <laughs> saying that this is, this ask them, <laughs> I mean, but, but, but then, I, then I understood how, how big power it is to 
unleash people. And I said to those 100 people that think about if we would develop here at Elisa, this company and our work, like you are developing the hobby, would you like to do that? <laughs> it was it was amazing. Mm. So 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 that's that's that kind of things. Uh, they were really wake up calls for me. So this test proved me that if you build possibilities to people to learn and develop, mm. it's the power is really amazing what mm. they can do together. That's how you get your oys, Annalie. Oh, that's just, just, you just talk about hobbies. Oh, <laughs> Can I actually ask? Sure. So you told us once again that uh, your leadership style is not typical Finnish. Yep. But then your book in English translation is called Leadership as Mastery, the Finnish Way. Yep. So what is Finnish there? What is Finnish there? Uh, I am Finn. That's my way. It's my way. You should have called it my way. Yeah. <laughs> but I did it also, I think, Finnish way because I have the Finnish culture and Finnish inheritance mm-hmm. in me. I mean, if you look at the, what, what, Finns, uh, what Finland is about, what is, I mean, the equality you were so interested in uh, and we were forerunners in, in this gender equality. Hmm. And so, so we are we are not. Uh, that's that's one one part that that you are equal. We are equal. We are all equal. That is inbuilt in in us, in very many of us. And of course, then if you think about the Finnish society, there are no power or, or, or very little power distances and hierarchies in the hmm. Finnish society. So we are very close to the common person, and we like it, and the persons like it. So that's very Finnish, and and then. Maybe the, the consensus, you have heard about consensus Finland mm. and, and, and collaboration. We share a lot of uh, similar values among the Finns. So, so these kind of things that I can find in my leadership as well led me to mm. kind of profile it the Finnish way. Because that's also, many people think that the, the Finns are not ambitious because they are humble. Mm. And uh, I totally disagree. And for me, the, the humbleness and humility, it doesn't have anything to do with ambition and ambition level. It's very dangerous to connect these two things. And I think ma- very many Finnish leaders are really ambitious. Why well, is it then the case that we don't see that many Finnish leaders in companies outside Finland? That's also a question I have been thinking about because we, we, we see so many conductors. Mm outside Finland and, and, and they are able to utilize this Finnishness in their conducting work. Mm. But somehow the Finnish leaders are not able to profile and, and utilize this Finnishness in, in their leadership because it's, it's, uh, there are so strong and I think future-oriented skills or, or how would I call them, that, that, that could help even big global companies to be successful the the humbleness without losing the ambition and truthfulness and uh, just doing what what you say the accountability and strong will i mean uh, that kind of things that are really necessary but then you combine these with with the soft skills like empathy sensitivity sensitivity for people, their feelings, their backgrounds, and, uh, and uh, 
we could much more utilize these and also only on the profile because we are using them but we don't we are not proud of using them we don't tell about there are very few few leaders that tell about how they lead mm. because i think that is very interesting how they think and that has been i have been interested in in, in how how people in different professions how they think mm. how they become good how they become excellent what they think how they how a composer how do they think what is the, the framework that but, they have but isn't that humility then if you think about the natural humility that a lot of finnish leaders have when you put that in the context of global competition and global operations and you have other cultures like americans hmm. or germans french coming through and boasting more flamboyantly or more articulately um is it is the humility that is kind of essential in finnish leadership also a hindrance yeah i i think that's um you said it articulate i think finnish leaders are not that good in articulating their uh, not so much their leadership but what they their ambition their their they don't mark the way they lead uh, or they can put it in words in such an eloquent way as an american or a, or a british leader might might be able to put it and i think what asko is speaking here about is is clearly inclusion right so the, the the behaviors you are describing there listening being empathetic and learning to be empathetic socially and emotionally those are your signature leadership styles which i hear you you know repeating over and over again and i think that kind of leadership compared to the one that you were mentioning that leaders are put not necessarily wanting to be put but they are put on a pedestal and and that sort of you know how do you come down from the pedestal actually build those behaviors that you inherently have into your strength and start exhibiting start communicating that way that they become visible to others yeah. communication is extremely important for a leader and it's it's not easy because Finns are not good at talking about themselves <laughs> but you know sure. some words need to be put around it what about uh during the tough times uh, i think in the book and i think you're quite open talking about some of the more difficult times and empathy and inclusion and humility these are all great facets of of leadership when everything is either okay or when it's calm but when you're in the crisis mode is it still the same do we still let people blossom no 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 it's it's not the same definitely not the same because when you start talking about the big change or transformation then like we started with Elisa 2003 i mean the the guidance for for us was that you have three priorities speed speed and speed <laughs> and from the board mm. and uh, so when you when you start that kind of uh, cut and paste type of leadership and and result leadership mm. it's uh, there is not room there is no time for 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 uh, for proper thing and 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 that's why i am so great fun with this adaptive and adaptiveness and adapting mm. early on on things to avoid big changes and and that's one thing i have been thinking a lot and, and that i learned in, from new york from columbia business school willie peterson the professor was really 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 clever 
really clever on this and, and how to how to build a continuously winning company and how to avoid big changes because these big changes I mean I mean uh, you can do uh, do them uh, but typically if you are in a hurry the the people inside the company will they will be the ones to suffer mm. and you will break the processes inside the company and and if it it will take it took us how many years I don't, I don't know many years to get that trust back from people mm. that you really understand something that you are not just a bunch of young young guys coming to cut and, and 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 transform this company and then start little by little to get the trust back and and then start to build the the, the teams and and, and and the people but in mm. those intense times in 2003 mm. and, and others yeah, like that, sure. did you revert back to the giving orders and living in the box? Uh, yes, yes, I, I, I did. I, I did result kind of a, a management by result. It was mm. it was a must at that time. I mean, we didn't have time to do it like the way I would have liked to do. And I was afraid that I will I will my personality will change it, mm. it was that's that's the reason why it was so so much against my person but i did it so i i knew that and i said to everybody at elisa that let us not never never go back to that state and let's keep this company in a good position and a good condition and let's do everything to avoid this because i know i've been there You're listening to the FLT Podcast. Just a practical question. You have a lot of people. You have a lot of uh, people who want to talk to you all the time, and there are a zillion priorities. How do you practically do that? Uh, well, practically, first of all, when I was at ELISA during the 2010-2020 timeframe, I was leading the biggest business, consumer business. So I had some 12, 13 Subordinates in my team. Uh, I was responsible for the investment board. The the, the board, Belimatti was the, the CEO was not there, but the rest of the team was there, and I was leading that board. I was responsible for our Estonian business, so I was uh, chairman of the board of Estonia. It's uh, one of the biggest companies in Estonia, Elisa, and the, and the CEO was reporting to me. I was uh, I was sponsor for many. Uh, uh, many ma- many of our processes for I think I was leading the the area directors seven of them and I counted the the hect- most hectic years that I I did some 27 or 28 discussions every half year with people so I was and then I had in addition to this I was uh, coaching people that wanted to be my coaches yeah and, and they were typically the ones that came from abroad and they selected a coach from elisa and they came to me and because i i could then learn a lot mm. how they felt how they but okay i, I had so kind of so many responsibilities so that's why it's extremely important how you manage this it's like juggling i think in my book it's this <laughs> cover pages how many balls can you keep in the air in the air and uh, so so that's why it's 
it's important. Yeah, and, and how I did in real life, I had in my management team room, I put all the things that we had to do on the walls. Hmm. And every now and then I went to that room, I, I walked around. What about this? Have I done this? What I've done for that one? And how about this one? No, I haven't done anything. Who is much? How can I? About that one? No, that is going okay. And I walked around. That, that's, that's my situational picture. Okay. And then I thought that how can I make the biggest impact? And, and what is the, where should I put my time and effort? Because if you reduct your leadership, then you, you can put your, really your time and effort on things and, and really grab on things. And, 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 and then you think about who is the person, where is this happening? How can I, is my situational picture, first of all, correct? Mm. Is this picture that is coming from the ball to me, is this correct? I have to check it. And who knows the best? Okay, it's Mark. I will go and discuss. I will have a lunch with Mark immediately. And uh, then if, if that is correct, then uh, how to help these people to, what can I do? What is the value I can add? And, and this is how, how you just grab to the most essential things all the time. Once my assistant came to that leadership room and asked me, Oscar, what are you doing here alone? I said, I'm thinking. <laughs> I've never seen anybody walking in the room alone and thinking. Yeah, but I mean, actually, now that you mention it, I, I don't know when I stopped doing that. I think it's sometime. So offices these days, you have hot desks, right? So I used to have, you used to have, a, used to have an office. <laughs> <laughs> used to have a desk. Um, used and, to have and a that, door. Used to have a door in private. <laughs> but but you'd I, I would I had the same thing with post-its. I would stick you know topics and subjects and tasks and people and all the things. And my board was and my desk. You remember my desk like mm. four or five years ago. It was like a jungle. But I did that in the same way so that I could frame basically what was ongoing and what was active. And then uh, at some point in the last couple of years because I don't think we have permanent desks anymore mm. because we don't spend that much time in the office. I actually don't have a place where I put down my landscape. That's a, which is, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been wondering recently why I'm so chaotic. Mm. I think this is actually a big reason for it. Yeah. Because I, I the, tried sometimes to read your notes and I, <laughs> I didn't understand anything. What's there were one? some, it's just swear words. his handwriting. It's terrible. It's code. So you guys can't get it. Yeah. Right. I have another practical question. Sure. You said that you went to your HR head because I'm from HR, so I need to ask this as well, and said that we need to give these people opportunity to learn and develop. Yes. And I know when you say go that do that to an HR person, what happens is they go into a two months or three months, you know, brainstorming mode and what they come up is a program and a framework and you know, this and that and and all the complexities and risks and uh, and, and a big price. So <laughs> what happened when you went to her? What uh, practically happened what and practi was it satisfying? Yeah, practically happened that Mary understood immediately what I meant because I described as I described to you. Because the culture at Elisa is, is so that if we start to do something, we really do it. And it's not me, it's we, and we commit to it. And we decided together with Mary, this is something that we, and then we started to do it together with the leadership team that that we will build the, the next levels of, of leadership part that we are focusing on unleashing this uh, possibility to develop yourself. And it's not about adding education or adding courses, not that, but the thing that you are able to develop your own work. 
take take that responsibility and, and opportunity. And we started to talk about that Elisa is a company where we all want to develop ourselves. If you don't, this is maybe your own company for you. So uh, we really made a point that we want to develop ourselves. We want to develop. And I said that we just, no one has to do any, any miracles in this company, but everybody has to do a little bit better the things than today than yesterday. A little bit better. We all can do that. And when, 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 when you start doing little, little things a little better every day, it's the power again. It's amazing. It takes a little while until it starts to show. But when it starts to show, then it's too late for the competition. <laughs> right. Well, what about, I mean, th this sounds great, but I'm just, I keep thinking that, you know, in the business world, you need results, right? Like yes. on a continuous basis. But exactly. what you're explaining sounds great, but then it takes time. It's a long, long process. Exactly. So how, how do you kind of justify this kind of approach in, in the context where everybody's looking at, at the figures, at the financial results? Uh, because everybody was, was I mean, I was one of the everybody. <laughs> and, uh, and, and of course, you have to talk with, with the board. You have to have a common understanding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was lucky when I started at Telisa and, and, and with Veli Matti, Mattila, the CEO, uh, we discussed a lot about our leadership principles because we knew we were going through the very difficult times. And I think this is very unique that the leadership team discusses the, the leadership principles. They became later on our values. And we had deadly sins as well, which meant that if you break these rules, you will be fired immediately. And it was not no joke. I mean, like political game, stabbing on back, mm. not warning in your, your, your fellow, and, and, and so on. We had listed them. Mm. And so, so the culture we built, the leadership culture, was so strong. And it kind of uh, lasted for this 20-year time. And, and this you have to understand in order to understand the culture. And the leadership culture was, was basis that we could build this continuous improvement culture. We could build this uh, culture of adapting and we never forget about the results. They, has, they had to be there. There's no leader that doesn't deliver results. Mm -hmm. So they are included. But that's not enough for nowadays or, or today's leadership. It's not enough. It's, it's a kind of, you have to have it. You have to have everyday value. You have to have growth, profitability, turn over the capital and improve all of this all the time. In my business, at consumer business, I mean, if you talk about the achievement of my team, we continuously improved our profitability 26 quarters in a row. And if you're talking about legacy, I visited Elisa this summer and I asked, how are you doing, guys? Asko, the number is now 40. <laughs> <laughs> So, so this is yeah. this is how you. So, so, so we thought about the, the company as a system, more than that. Than you are building a, a a system, and when the system starts to work, you are not anymore needed. And if everybody's getting better, that translates into yeah. business growth. I know from personal experience that if you don't, you call them leadership principles and deadly sins, which I 
just love. Um, but I think what in my experience, in LTs where you don't have like a an agreed philosophy, there's constant argument and conflict because there's a disagreement that we can't really access at a very fundamental level that keeps manifesting itself in the day-to-day and in the practicalities. So how did you go about articulating the deadly sins and the principles? Were you guys locked in a room? Did you go sauna and throw the <laughs> hey the lola? Or was it, uh, you know, was it over, t- was it condensed? Did you do it in one intense session? Did we, you do it over time? We did it in a condensed session. Mm. I, it was not, I, I, re- I don't remember exactly how we did it, but it, we needed them when we started to, uh, the reductions of, of, of people. We reducted from 7,000 for many, many rounds, but uh, that was below 3,000 mm. when we ended. And uh, so we knew that when we go in this type of thing, we need really strong, really solid principles and deadly sins. But we decided that we will not explicitly communicate this. It's only for the management team. Mm. And we will walk and show this. No PowerPoints, no explicits. <laughs> no, no evidence. So if you if you were to give one advice to contemporary leaders, what would that be? Except that they have to watch uh, Kekaudis Maggie's movies, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they should also look at Klaus Harris movies because <laughs> <laughs> because Klaus Herre is, is, is also a movie director who said in his, I think, uh, two years ago when he turned to 50, that, uh, I mean, I love his movies. They are also reductions, mm-hmm. and uh, like Mie Kailia or, or Kahvia Pappi Agobille. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he said that uh, when he started to do this Kahvia Pappi Agobille, Coffee to priest drive up. That when he does a movie, he wants everything to be in in sync. Mm. The music, the dresses, and everything. So I thought, ooh, that's like a company strategy. Yeah. You need to get everything in sync to tell the same story. And then he said that, why don't you people that be financing the movie? Why don't you put in some some shooting and some banging there? And he said. This movie is about stagnation. You cannot put that kind of things in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's exactly the same. Try to stick in your strategy. And there were so many people to tell me that, hey, Asko, let's start doing this. This is, this is good. I said, yeah, it is good. But not for us. Strategy is about selections. And, and, and we have selected. And as soon as we will feel that this is good for us, I can move my mind around, no problem. Mm-hmm. But as long as not, <laughs> I will stick to this. And, and it's it's like, what is my advice? Look at Klaus Herr. <laughs> 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 One thing that Anneli said, uh, that you have to give examples. Mm. And, mm. and one thing we haven't touched yet is that my role at Telisa, I, I always felt that my only value add at Telisa is that I was teaching how to think. <laughs> and and how big difference it is how you think because if i know how you think then I, I i will let you do yeah go ahead you will find the ways you will you will experiment you will success you'll it's no problems and i got responsibility of our area directors 
as you may remember, ELISA is consisting of, of many companies, and those area directors typically were former CEOs of, of those regional companies. Mm. So they formed uh, regional directors, and, and when I got this bunch of guys, they were arguing, and uh, we want this to this area, and this and this area, and I thought that, oh shit, this is, uh, this is, this is difficult. To, to form something good out of this, and I, I can't get involved in these arguments, and, and I don't want to. So, what is what is wrong in this? There's something wrong in this thinking. And okay, then we started to look at at that how the other companies do regional management. Invited them, listened to them. Then we invited people from the regions, like writers, economic writers in yeah. the us what they expect from from regional director but then one day i understood that oh now oh shit i have been stupid uh, because how these people are thinking is that they think they represent the area inside elisa and mm -hmm. then i said no no that's not the way to think you are the representative of elisa inside the region and when we turn this thinking upside down ooh, mm. Just to give you some examples of yeah. how the thinking yeah. is is so important, yeah. and what is your framework? Because one in one meeting, everybody's bringing their own news, their own updates, their own priorities, and then when you switch it around, that stuff goes out yeah. into the into the regions, and what they take is the consistent message. Yes. Okay, uh, Asko, thank you so much again for for the time today. So to close, then we ask you came in and said that your philosophy on leadership was. Uh, to enable others to shine. Asko, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting thank me you. and thank you for your patience and listening to me <laughs> and my stories. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> really good. But please read my book. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have read. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have read. Relations, by the way. Yes. Thank you. Yes. It's a great book. And we recommend everybody else to read the book. Yes, it is Johtaja Mesterix, and in English it is Leadership as Mastery the Finnish Way. Okay, so that was Asko and our first podcast in the can, talking about enabling others and letting them shine. How do we feel, Natalie? I feel good. I'm a very visual person and I especially like the way how he described his leadership team room where he had everything laid out on the walls mm -hmm. and he went walking and checking where are we, what's working, what's not working, what do I need to worry about, what not. Sort of that visual impression was uh, something that really made a, had an effect on me. Mm. How about you, Alexi? Well, for me, I think it was great. Very kind of humane, humble approach to leadership. Really fascinating. Since we are really interested in this idea of Finnish leadership, I think I'm kind of in between. On the one side, his leadership style is very Finnish because he has all this mm. Finnish kind of characteristics. But on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, it's not very finished. Mm. So I think it's kind of really opens up really interesting possibilities to to continue with uh, you know with this podcast and really exploring. So what is this thing, Finnish leadership? I mean, I think the first thing I felt is, God damn, I, <laughs> I don't know that I ever had a boss like that. I would, mm -hmm. I would like if that if he was my boss, I would be so happy. Like that would just be, I just every day it would be like a dream. Yeah. Um, but. But I think across the, we did more than an hour with him, which is super generous. But he, he, I think he covered 
the trap of leadership, the the wall and kind of setting out the landscape, the reductionism in leadership and making yourself in a sense kind of not used. To, and then also seeing your own leadership in the actions of others. There were so many fantastic points sort of throughout the hour that I think was were unbelievable. Chief among which I think is that thing of is it finished or is it not finished leadership? Humility is the thing that stuck out to me. And I think that's at least one thing that's left in my head to explore further, which is mm. like, Finns are humble. They don't articulate necessarily that well. And is that kind of, you know, how do we keep the humility and build the articulation mm. or the mm. articulate capacity? Something There's something in there. But I it's think. one of these kind of paradoxes, I think, right? It's, it is. It's a good thing, but it, it can be like a resource can be a demand as well. Yeah. 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 Because when you start articulating your leadership, you easily start living the articulation hmm. instead of humbly staying on the course of what you believe in. Yeah. But one th- one thing for me as well that comes from the book and from, from this podcast is that how ASCO is able to connect leadership to the very broad spectrum of things, you know, hmm. orchestras, sports, art, hmm. uh, movies, and really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Manifold. Okay. Good. Guys. Anna, thank you. Thank you. Thank yep. you. We also have to say a massive thank you to our producer, Bella. Yes. Who has thank been you, fantastic. Bella. And <laughs> thank you to Alto University for some of the equipment that we've got today. And um, most of it worked. Most of it worked <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>